1: Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show as we head into Hour 2. A delight to bring back to the show Congresswoman Debbie Lesko representing Arizona's 8th Congressional District. Debbie, welcome back. How are you?
2: I'm doing good, Seth. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing fine, but we only have the rest of this congressional session with you. You have announced your retirement.
2: Yeah, you know, the I I miss my family because we're here in Washington DC as I am now usually at least 3 weeks out of every month and you know, my husband's at home, I have a 94-year-old mother, I have 3 heart. kids, I have 5 grandkids and I miss them. Aww.
1: Well, we're gonna miss you too. It doesn't mean you can't still check in with us, though, and give us your insights from uh, the distance. Sometimes it's sometimes you, you you see things more clearly from the distance than when you're out. You know, we have a good bench of former Congresspeople that check in with us too, Debbie. So, I um, I would love to. Yeah. So we we is it appropriate to congratulate you on your service and retirement announcement? If so, if it's appropriate, we do so. If it isn't, I'll call it back. But anyway,
2: oh no, no, that's great. No, I, I think it's great, and um, you know, it's really an honor to serve in in Congress. It's just by the time that I'm done, I'll be serving through the end of next year. Yeah. It will be almost seven years that I've been there, and that's long enough. Well, I remember it's, it's long when you're enough, around.
1: yeah, I remember for me to come home. That's that's a nice citizen servant's attitude, you know. Do your work and come home, you know, like George Washington, you know. Say I've done my part and let's move on. I um, let's move to the next person. Be a citizen servant. It's not supposed to be a lifetime profession, right?
2: Well, I, I don't understand why some people <laughs> stay here till they literally die. Yeah, I mean, I they die while they're in Congress. And I, know. I that was never going to be me. It was I, I was originally going to run, you know, again this time and then uh, call it quits after the you know the next time. But I moved it up. You've done you've
1: 12. done a lot of public service. Even your work in the legislature. I remember when I was going when you were in the state legislature, and I was doing some uh, domestic stuff here in in Arizona. I would go to all these different you know LD and other kind of public interest group type meetings. And you're, you, whenever someone was talking about legislation that was important to them on the side of the angels, you know they would say yes and. Debbie Lesko is carrying it for us. You know, your name just comes up again and again and again and did again and again and again, uh, even when you were at the state legislature. So anyway, just, you know, from our audience to you, thank you for your service. Uh, we'll visit, obviously, several times, obviously, before you leave. But uh, it's the first time we've yeah, spoken. Yeah, do. You bet. But it's the first time we've spoken since you announced your retirement. want to talk to you about immigration in a moment, too. But first, uh, thoughts on what's going on with the Israel Gaza uh, war, anti-Semitism in America. You voted rightly to uh, keep the uh, to not table the motion to censure Rashida Tlaib today. It looks like it failed. However, uh, this is sick. I got to say that's my per- that's my personal view. I think this stuff is sick, Debbie.
2: Well, you, you know, as as you know, it was one month ago uh, that Hamas invaded Israel and. Killed uh, innocent civilians, and I we just I just got back from a candlelight vigil um, on the stairs of the U.S. Capitol. It was bipartisan, Republicans and Democrats, um, talking about Israel, praying for the people of Israel. Uh, and I also met today. It was very somber. I met with families of um, Israeli hostages that are held in. Hamas, and one of the mothers doesn't know if her son's alive or not. Um, And, and, you know, it's just horrific. It's absolutely horrific. Hamas are savages. Um, I'm a strong supporter of supporting Israel. And so last week, uh, the Republicans in the U.S. House of Representatives, uh, we passed uh, funding of $4.5 billion for Israel, but we paid for it by cutting um, IRS funding that Pelosi put in to hire 85,000 more yeah. IRS agents to go after taxpayers. So we paid for it so that it wouldn't add to our national debt. Um, and, you know, I will continue to, uh, to support uh, Israel because they're a very close ally and we need to support them. Um, when at the resolution, uh, I'm sorry, the resolutions censoring uh, Rashida Talib, that was the, the, the tabling of the motion failed, but yeah. that means we're going to vote on it. That oh. means we're going to vote. on Oh, the it motion does go to- forward. Oh, I that's misread. A- I
1: read it the opposite yes. way. Okay, yeah. great. Great, great. And you did pick yeah. up some Republicans from last time who didn't uh, support going forward on this. So that's good. Okay, good. That brings good news on an otherwise cloudy day, although it's hard to say this is good news. The idea that we have a member of Congress who spouts off and brays such hateful, spiteful things is, is unfortunate, but it's, it's the right thing to to go on the record to censure her. So thank you for all that, Debbie. Thank you very much yeah, for all Yeah, of course, of um, course. Talk to me about immigration still. I mean, there's a connection, too. I mean, we're very worried, obviously. We should be very worried, should be very concerned about the problem at the border in and of itself, But also all these countries of concern where we're seeing people, what we used to call others other than Mexican, OTMs, right? A lot of a lot of people coming in from countries that just have you scratching your head, southern border. Why Afghanistan? Why Iran? Why Syria? This is dangerous stuff, Debbie.
2: This is very dangerous. And, you know, Biden is causing a national security crisis in fiscal year 23, which just you know, ended, there were two and a half million crossings across our southwest border that doesn't even include the godaways, the ones that no. they saw on cameras or sensors. Do you know that's the population of Chicago? Right. So the, the whole population of Chicago crossed There was that many crossings uh, just the last fiscal year and compare that to under Trump. So in fiscal year 20, there was four hundred fifty thousand crossings now under Biden, two and a half million. And in September of twenty twenty three. There were 269,000 crossings. That is more than the population of Glendale, Arizona, in one month. In one month. (laughs) Okay? Yeah, one month. And uh, compare that to under Trump, there was 58,000 crossings. So since Biden has been in office, he has this open border policy. They're not vetting the people. We have ISIS uh, folks that we know have come across the border. We have 169 people that they caught on the terrorist watch list. We have thousands crossing our border from countries of interest like the ones you just mentioned. And quite frankly, I am very concerned um, that they're going to harm Americans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We don't know who's in our country. This is just
1: outrageous. It, of course, it's hard to do when you only have much about it, when you only have the House of Representatives, but as there is some things you can do. There are some things you can do, and you can yeah. pass. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you've passed, you've been working on some good yeah. legislation on this.
2: Yeah, we passed we at passed, uh, the bill number is H.R. 2, right. and Republicans passed that out of the House in May of this year. It's sitting over in the Senate. Schumer and the Democrats don't want to do anything about border security. Now, the new plan uh and hopefully it gets the votes from republicans is that biden and the democrats want ukraine funding and quite frankly a number of the you know the the uh, a number of republicans want ukraine funding too but in order to give them ukraine funding We're going to ask for border security measures, and we're not talking about just funding because Mm -hmm. Biden will use the funding to just process more illegals. We want actually measures like remain in Mexico policies like Trump put in, Mm -hmm. you know, policies that will actually reduce the number of illegal crossings.
1: Well, you still have a lot of work left in you, sister. So, pardon that, but I just, I, I just, you're, you're, you're so aligned with where our audience is. I, I thought it was okay if I called you that once, Deputy <laughs> Congresswoman.
2: Most definitely, most definitely. A, I, I will call
1: you sister once just today, but you're so aligned with where our audience is, and where I think the common sense of the electorate really is. And, you know, I just want to thank you, obviously, for your service. This won't be your last visit with us before you go, but it is your first visit with us since you announced your retirement. So it was good to uh, get you on, on air and, and just thank you for all your great service, Debbie Lesko.
2: Well, thank you for everything you do, Seth. And I'm not going away, good. so I'm here good. in Congress, and then good. I'm going to stay involved. Good.
1: God bless you. God bless you, Debbie. Let's All go. right. All right. I'll talk Thank to you soon. You. you betcha. I'm Seth Leibson, 602 You guys can call me brother if you want. All right. Don't call me sister. We'll be right back. Do you trust this economy? How about a secure investment that actually helps people? Why refi has that? You can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve. You're in control. You can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you like, and there are absolutely no fees. Peace of mind. No attack on principle if you ever need your money back, and you'll get your monthly statement with no surprises. It's a secure, collateralized portfolio. Maybe a better option for you, where you have your money now. Just go to investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or call 888-Y-REFI-24. That's 888-Y-REFI-24. Four, folks all over the country are earning a high fixed rate of return with Y-Refi, and they don't care about what happens with the stock market or the Federal Reserve, because it's not correlated to it. And with Y-Refi, you can do well by doing good. Invest, y or 888-Y-Refi-24. All right, with a whopping 1% of the vote from Kentucky and elsewhere in, as in Ohio maybe, you got an update for us, young David?
3: Well, I'd like to analyze what we do have so okay. far. Yeah, you're right. We have 1% of the okay. vote in. But what we do have is uh, several counties where it's looking like voters are splitting their ticket, okay. which is interesting because at the same time as Kentucky governor, we also have a secretary of state and attorney general of Kentucky races. So far in six of the, of the counties that have produced their results, the secretary of state and attorney general are outpacing the governor. So it's looking like people are splitting their tickets Interesting, though, if we look at the exit polling in Ohio, which we have right now, it said something like, let me take a look here, 42% of Ohio voters say their finances are worse than three years ago. But in addition to that, if you give me a minute here, 49% say that they trust the Republican Party to handle the economy much better than the Democratic Party at 42%. So I think we're seeing some shift here, even though a majority of Ohio voters disagree with the Roe v. Wade decision from last year. It might indicate a change in the modern day Republican Party from the conventions of the moral majority of yesteryear. It's a, a split and more of a the new the new way things are going.
1: Well we'll see. I think a lot of it has to do with the way people talk about it as well. Um, We'll know more soon. It's only a sliver of the vote that's in right now, right?
3: For sure. We're just looking at exit polling right now.
1: All right. Good. Keep us apprised and updated on anything. that. I don't
3: think we'll have any official results until tomorrow.
1: No, we won't. But if you see anything else that comes in that looks pattern-oriented, that was a good analysis. A politicized, grossly unfair lawsuit against Trump, Byron York writes. Former President Donald Trump testified yesterday at the trial of the lawsuit filed by New York Attorney General Letitia James, alleging that Trump inflated the values of his real estate properties to receive lower interest rates on loans. It's important to note that Trump has in some respects, already lost the case. The judge, Arthur Engeron weeks ago pronounced Trump guilty of the actions alleged, and what is going on now in court is effectively the penalty phase in which Engeron will decide whether to confiscate the Trump business empire. It's a hell of a sentence, isn't it? The punishment will be extraordinary and unprecedented. This is how Axios has described it. "Quote, Former President Donald Trump, excuse me, former President Donald Trump is at risk of losing the New York real estate empire that the rest of his career was built on. Forcibly dismantling Trump's company is so unusual that no one is quite certain how it would play out, close quote. And Goron could decide to cancel the business certificates of all of the Trump companies. If the business certificates were canceled, the relevant assets, which include Trump Tower, Trump Park Avenue, 4 Wall Street, 40 Wall Street, National Course, Golf course on Hudson Valley would be put under the control of a court um, would be put under the control of a, um, of a of a court uh, appointed receiver who operates much like an executor of an estate. The receiver would continue to manage the properties, but also could be allowed by the court to sell some. This is a punishment so out of line with the behavior alleged in this case that it boggles the mind. It is made possible by two factors, a bad law and a hyper-politicized attorney general. On the bad law, it's New York's executive law, about which our friend Andy McCarthy wrote, the law doesn't require a showing of harm. The state need not prove the defendant even intended to defraud anyone, much less actually defrauded someone. It need not be established that any creditor or financial institution even relied on the defendant's misrepresentation." misrepresentations, that those misrepresentations were material, or that anyone was actually fooled by them. There need be no victim. After all, in this case, no bank or financial institution is suing Donald Trump for cheating them, nor does there need to be any crime involved. In fact, prosecutors look at the same evidence and declined to charge Trump. All there needs to be is a partisan and determined prosecutor, and that is Letitia James. James was elected attorney general of New York in 2018 on a campaign promise to go after Trump. Trump's defenders have put together a video of snippets of James' speeches and public appearances in which she vowed to bring Trump down. The video begins with James saying, quote, The president of the United States has complained that I'm engaging in some sort of political witch hunt, that I've got some personal vendetta against him, that I campaigned against him. That is not true. And then the video cuts to a bunch of James' speeches that prove she did all that. Here are some of those quotes. Quote from Letitia James. This illegitimate president who sits in the White House, he's not my president. He's an illegitimate president. His days are numbered. His days are numbered. We've got to be ready to mobilize and we've got to get ready to agitate and irritate until victory is won or, more importantly, until Trump is defeated. We will all rise up and resist this man and ultimately will bring him down illegitimate president. I'm going to give you, Trump, the same level of respect that you gave President Obama, and that is absolutely no respect at all. Donald Trump has got to go. Hey, hey, ho, ho. Donald Trump has got to go. The days of Trump are numbered. That's Letitia James, your Attorney General of New York. The video ends with James doing a call and response with a crowd. Lock him up, the crowd yells. What James says, lock him up. What James says, lock him up. And so on. A couple of moments to just pause on if he is an illegitimate president. I don't know how, according to Letitia James, he's an illegitimate president. I don't know how election denial can only be a problem for Republicans. And if people were unhappy with the lock-her-up chant about Hillary Clinton, well, that now has to be nullified as a critique, too. It's not the chant that upset them. It's not the denial that upset them. It's that it was a Republican that was saying it that upsets them. Republicans upset the elite and the media. There's something about that and to that, because there are members of, you know, elite institutions and elite parts of society that are Republican, and they are being shamed for being so. This is politics by other means. I think it's wholly inappropriate. I think it's gutter politics. But this is what happens. This is what happens when you don't protect norms, and the Democrats were the first to break them.
2: Are global
1: leaders developing solutions that promote freedom and quality of life, or are they creating problems, enforcing solutions that only benefit the elite? Midas Gold Group believes it's the latter from draconian COVID restrictions, the decimation of small business and changed election laws, which may have led to the Biden presidency. Midas believes your finances will be next. Under the guise of protecting you, you'll get monetary expansion, national debt and reduced purchasing power. And their central bank digital currency will virtually eliminate your savings and purchasing privacy. The answer Convert a portion of your savings or IRA to physical gold and silver. Precious metals are a private currency. They've been used to store wealth throughout history. Thousands of you have trusted the veterans at Midas Gold Group because they're fighting for you and your financial freedom and privacy. Call Midas Gold Group today at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. Or visit them online at MidasGoldGroup.com. That's Midas gold Group. Did we lose a caller? We lost him, huh? We lost three callers or we lost him three times? One guy three times. All right, well, maybe the fourth's a charm. That's fine. Maybe the fourth's a charm. Uh, Happy to have him back. Talking about this Letitia James suit, fraud fraud, uh, case against Donald Trump, Byron York concludes, you put it all together and James's vendetta against Trump, enabled by a happily willing Judge Engoron, is a deeply troubling event. Quote, I could find no case anywhere like this, close quote, GW University law professor Jonathan Turley said. A lot of people wouldn't object if the attorney general was seeking some fine because there were inflated numbers. Inflated numbers in the real estate business in New York are a ubiquitous problem. And if you want to find him, fine. But James is going for total annihilation. She is asking to take this iconic figure and effectively ban him from business in New York. And the question is why? The answer is because that's what she promised to do, to seek his utter destruction if she can. Any reasonable observer would find the entire exercise Grossly on fire. Yes, there are lots of prosecutions and legal actions against Trump now, but judge each on its own merits or lack of merits. But this one is a disaster. This one is a disaster. Um, It's a disaster not because it won't come with a probable fine and perhaps a hefty one at that, including some of the maximums potentially that Byron York wrote up. Of course, Donald Trump can appeal them, and perhaps the law itself will be found or could be found to be unconstitutional. Um, But understand what is taking place here using prosecutorial offices to interfere with an election. Let that sentence digest for just a moment. For all the complaints about Donald Trump election interference, for all the complaints, think about the use of, and the term of art of late is weaponization of, but think about the use of criminal prosecutorial offices, criminal prosecutorial offices used to interfere with an election. It's not an understatement. Donald Trump was not charged while he was president. He was no longer the president. They charged him after he left the presidency. And yet they charged him after he became a declared candidate for the presidency again. A criminal charge against a declared candidate for the presidency of an opposing party whose poll numbers show him becoming far and away the presumptive nominee of the Republican Party, of the opposing party. And you are charging him with the most fluid and the most open-ended of laws to seize his financial properties. Let that sink in a moment. For all the talk about election interference, I'm Seth 508 six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leipsin Show. As um, the debate to censure Rashida Tlaib is taking place, this is. Uh, Ilan Omar speaking on the floor of the House of Representatives on behalf of Rashida Tlaib. Let's see if I can get you this audio.
2: What is true here is that every single one of them has not acknowledged the fact that Palestinians are dying in the tens of thousands, but will continue to say it is us who are not acknowledging humanity. Rashida will stand strong. Gentle
0: ladies, time, the time has expired.
2: Movement We'll continue for liberation until every single ladies, Palestinian time
0: is expired.
2: has the right Je- to live
0: from in liberty. Is recognized.
1: Continued liberation. Continued liberation. Continually fighting for liberation. As the PLO defines liberation. As every terrorist organization defines the word liberation. Palestinians dying by the tens of thousands. Not even Hamas is using those numbers. Not even Hamas is using those numbers. Tens of thousands. The lies perpetuate. I like what Stephen Miller said on this um, screed by Ilan Omar. Whichever government she thinks she represents, it isn't this one. That's the right comment. Meanwhile, Karin Jean-Pierre at the White House today during her press conference, get a load of this. Uh, a lot of videos of individuals who have been tearing down signs. Many of these taking place in New York City, of Israelis presently being held hostage in Gaza. There have been some tense um, confrontations that have taken place there. Is
0: the White House's view that these actions should be condemned, the pulling of the pulling down of them, or that that's a form of peaceful protest?
3: Look, I, I haven't. I've sort of kind of seen the reporting here and there. I think it was from last week, right? like 30 million videos that have gone around. No, I know. I much. hear you. I hear you. I'm just not going to, uh, guess, not going okay? to, I'm not it's going. Okay. Is that peaceful protest to I, that down or should I, you not be doing I'm just that? not going to go into uh, specifics on that particular thing. Uh, what I can say, there are real vi- violent protests and threats that are happening right now. And senior administration officials are, are aware of these reports, uh, which are deeply concerning. And that is something that uh, we're focused on.
1: As if it's an <laughs> she's kind of sort of that was her view. She kind of sort of saw something about this last week. The reporter's absolutely right. There have been millions of videos. I think he said 30 million videos of this going on. And then she thinks it's an answer to say I'm just not going to get into this right now. Into what? It's a simple question. Is it okay to dare tear down the face the faces? Is it okay to tear down the posters of the faces of innocent hostages? Some of whom are American. Is it okay? Is it okay to obliterate the fact that there are over two hundred hostages being held by a terrorist organization, some of whom are American? Can the American press secretary to the American president say it's not okay? Is it that hard? And you know you know what well that she knows this. She didn't kind of sort of see this. You can't not see that this is taking place. What the H is going on here? You want to talk about dehumanization, Ilan Omar. How about the dehumanization of taking down the posters of the faces of these innocent, innocent hostages, some of whom are literally babies, infants so that they won't exist in the public mind at all. You want to stop the incursion into Gaza? You want to stop the destruction of terrorist buildings? You want to stop the bombings? There's an easy way to do that. You can have a ceasefire. You can have one. Turn over the terrorists and turn over the hostages. Is it that much to ask? Ilan Omar is talking about the tens of thousands that are being killed. There aren't that number. That's not even Hamas's number, as I said. She is lying to you. But as Jake Tapper himself put it on CNN, on a report yesterday, last evening, what did... Hamas think would be the Israeli reaction to this. What did Hamas think did they, did, they, did they think civilians would not be killed in a reprisal campaign to get the terrorists who hide among the civilian population? Whose fault are the civilian deaths? Whose fault is it? to remind Israel hasn't been in or done anything to Gaza for eighteen years. Ilan Omar says they will continue to fight for their liberation. Israel left them alone, root and branch, in 2005, 2006. Billions, billions have been sent to Gaza and Hamas through U.S. aid, through allies' countries' aid, through Iran, and through the United Nations. Billions. How did it get spent? How did it get used? Did they try to build a working civil society, a working society at all? Or does it help begin to explain how Hamas leaders have become billionaires and live in faraway places in thousands of dollar-a-night hotel rooms? There is a party responsible. There is a party responsible for the immiseration in Gaza. There is a party responsible for it. It's the party that absconded with the money and used the leftovers to build a terrorist state and then attacked a non combative country that had given them their Property, their territory, to do with whatever the heck they wanted. They built their Hamas headquarters under a hospital, and they took water pipes and turned them into missiles. Did they expect Israel to go to sleep after October 7th? And if they didn't expect Israel to just go to sleep on October 8th, or right after October 7th, Whose fault are these civilian deaths? It's an expression. F-A-F-O. I'll just say it means fool around and find out. Yeah. Fool around and find out. We'll be right back. Do you trust this economy? How about a secure investment that actually helps people. Why? Refi has that. You can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve. You're in control. You can turn your income on or off. You can compound it. Whatever you like, you are in control. There are absolutely no fees. You can have peace of mind. There is no attack on principle. If you ever need your money back, you'll get your monthly statement. No surprises. This is a secure and collateralized portfolio that may be a better option for you than where you have your money now. No fees. Just go to investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or give them a call at 888-Y-REFI-24. That's 888-Y-REFI-24. Let them know that Seth sent you. Uh, The piece I did with Josh Hammer on uh, free speech in our colleges, um, it's getting a lot of play. You can get it at the American Mind, AmericanMind.org. The College Fix just picked picked it up as well. That's a great outfit, by the way, the College Fix. If you want to get a sense of what's going on on our colleges— That's a great place, the College Fix. Check out that site. It was founded by uh, someone I haven't seen in a long time. But Free Speech, Sense and Sensibility is the name of our piece. Um, We begin it by saying, It is precious to see so many college administrators, deans, and presidents now honing principled, absolute commitments to freedom of speech on their campuses. When campuses were hosting Dennis Prager, Charles Murray, Charlie Kirk, or Riley Gaines, or even federal appellate court judges, the messages that used to ban or chase them off were... Hate has no home here, or the juice is not worth the squeeze. Defamatory characterizations on the part of biased third parties, such as the SPLC, against these speakers as white nationalists, or worse, were used as evidence that they should not be protected. Hate speech is not protected speech, became the bray of leftist academics and legislators across the whole country. That's how we open it. Here's how we close it, as we go into a little bit of a better and moral understanding of free speech and how we've been misunderstanding it for way too long, we conclude such a misunderstanding of our commitments to freedom, speech, and plain decency have led us to this ironic place. Debates about men being allowed to use women's locker rooms or arguments about meritocracy have become intolerable on campuses. Marches, including incantations to genocide, by contrast, are now considered sacred. I give you the modern campus